Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tiller. I hope you're having a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. We're going to talk about K-State here, and before I do, I want to say this real quick. If you're interested in reviewing the show or if you've watched it a couple of times, you want to leave a rating. If you drop a five-star rating on anywhere you get your podcasts at, I know Apple Music, Spotify, and there's a couple of other independent platforms as well. Anywhere you get your podcast set that you are listening to us live right now, leave that five-star review and take a screenshot of it. Send it over to Pete Mundo. He's the owner of Heartland. You can find him on Twitter or on the official website. Send him that review and he will get you a Heartland College Sports koozie sent back your way. It'll keep your beers cold all summer long. Not the Kid Rock song, but it will keep your beers cold all summer long either way. And today, I've talked a lot about the basketball transfer portal. I've talked a lot about dudes coming to Manhattan. I've talked a lot about Coach Tang. I've talked a lot of things basketball-related. I'm feeling a little bit more football-like today. I feel like talking about some football, and maybe part of that is that we don't have a ton of news to go off of. But one thing I want to do, I want to take a look at K-State's football schedule and give you a full prediction with scores for every single game of the season. And then we'll look back at this end of the season and see where we were wrong, where we were right, and we'll go from there. I went through and I tallied what I think exact scores will be, and granted, this is all hypothetical. You know, we're still two months away from the football season. You know, we're about 70-something days. We might be in the 70 mark, might still be in the 80s, but it's getting closer. You know, I can feel it in the air. It's football weather every day. I know it's summer and it's hot, but man, I'm counting down the days. The reason for this, I just made my Big 12 media preseason poll for the football season of where I think every team's going to rank, and I had K-State near the top, if not the top. You know, it's kind of a tie situation with Texas. I had them both at 10 and 2. And I'm going to give you that breakdown here as to which games I think we're losing, which games we're winning, and what's going to happen for K-State. I ended up putting them in second, right behind Texas. And the only reason being, if we play Texas, and depending if we lose that game, that would go in Texas's favor. But I don't know 100% what's going to happen. But I did make some full picks about why I think each game is here. I want to start off looking at SEMO. Now, Southeastern Missouri. I mean, what is there to say about this game? You know, you pay a team, what, $200,000, they get new jerseys, they come in and get their bucks kicked to football. That's what happens every year. It's a tale as old as time. I mean, you could make a Disney movie about it. You know, the ragtag group of football players that come together to try to win a championship and they get blown out by a Power 5 university the first week of the season. That's a tale as old as time, my friends. K-State's not losing to SEMO. Southeastern Missouri, we're not losing. That's just not the case. Games in Manhattan, you're not going to lose your opener in Manhattan. There's going to be so much hype and excitement. And if you want a prediction, I mean, look at last year's South Dakota game. K-State, literally the first snap of regulation. Goes for 75 yards on an end around. Malik Knowles cruises to the end zone. Also, great blocking from Deuce Vaughn in that play, if you ever see that. It's kind of an interesting thing to go back and look at. I see something similar happening. Not necessarily the first play of the game or anything crazy, but K-State is too good of a team. All the expectations are there. We're not losing. So my prediction for that game, it's going to be 41-10. to I mean, K-State might give up a touchdown, might give up two. I doubt it. I think our defense is going to be incredible. And I think the dude to watch literally all season long, and I'll talk about this going forward, I think it's going to be Kobe Savage. Returning from injury, he had a bad one last year late in the season. That dude's going to be ready to take people's heads off, flying sideline to sideline. Moving on to week two, K-State starts off 1-0 in the non-conference schedule. Take it on Troy. Now, this Troy game, a lot of people are circling saying, you know, this could be a trap game. This could be a better team. They spent the majority of last season in the top 25, which is pretty impressive. I mean, Troy hasn't really been... Super prominent at football, super you know recognizable. Obviously, they were a little bit earlier on in the 2000s, but now they've kind of faded a little bit more into irrelevancy, so to speak. Not irrelevant by any means, but still not where they used to be. People are circling it as a trap game. Here's my thoughts. We played Tulane, and it was one of the most disgusting games of all time to watch. I know from a K-State perspective, like 
Dude, I was nauseous the entire game. I didn't want to watch that. I mean, I was sitting on the couch. I, you know, had a cold drink in my hand. I had the game going on, nachos on the plate. It was going to be great. And then K-State made me absolutely lose my appetite. And I sat there and watched them just be awful for the full duration of the game. That's what happened. And I don't see that happening again. But I do like the idea. I mean, people have talked about the K-State helmet curse. You know, the curse where it's anytime we wear an alternate helmet, we lose. It's time to break that. Wear some alternate helmets against Troy. Bust them out, guys. I mean, think about all the the ingenuity and all the jersey rebrand. I mean, lavender's the official color of K-State essentially now with all the basketball stuff. Let's flip some of that in for K-State football, huh? It doesn't have to be something ridiculous. It doesn't have to be full lavender football uniforms, but let's get a dang different helmet out there. Let's beat Troy. I've got them down 28-17, beating Troy Week 2 before heading on to Columbia. The Missouri Tigers. Now, now this game's at Mizzou. And if you want to say that's going to be a tough matchup, I guess they've got two of the best linebackers in the SEC. But Mizzou is not the team they used to be. They're not. The move to the SEC has changed the program. The team isn't physical. They're not tough. They're not going to go and compete with a physical team like K-State. And let me tell you why. Eli Drinkwitz, their head coach. I think he's a bum. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't think that dude is the right guy to coach the team. And I don't want to just be like a jerk and say, oh, he's a bad coach because he plays for Mizzou or whatever. That's not the case, man. I feel like I see this dude chiming in on weird things that doesn't have anything to do with the sport more than I do actually coaching. Like, I'm not saying there's a specific business model like, okay, you have to be quiet, not talk, and not have personality. That's not the truth. You know, there's there's personable coaches all across college football, across college basketball, and I'm not saying that's his issue, but Mizzou has done a lot of talking for not much production. I mean, since they left the Big 12, you haven't heard from them much except for that one big season where they went college football playoff mode. It just doesn't feel like that's the program that you see winning this game. I mean, they came to Manhattan last year and absolutely got the break speed off of them. I think it was 40-12, to and it took... I think seven or eight tries from the one-yard line and calling a timeout with three seconds left to score a touchdown in the game. It was just a weird situation either way. Uh, they ended up scoring late. It was 40-12 to K-State. This game's in Columbia, so I think it'll be a little different, but we're not losing this game. 37-17, K-State rolls. Beats them by 20. I feel safe about that. And then we start up Big 12 play. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we take on the UCF Knights in Manhattan. And I've looked at a couple of games on the schedule saying, you know, this could be a question mark. I don't think this is a question mark, but let me explain my thoughts here. John Reese Plumley, the quarterback for UCF. If you haven't seen the guy, he is a freak show athlete. He plays both baseball and football. The guy can hit a baseball outside of any stadium in the world, and the guy can go out there and sling it for 70 yards standing still. The dude's an athlete. However, I don't know if they're physical enough to take on K-State. Everyone knows the old adage of football is one in the trenches. You get the big O lineman, you get good D lineman, you're good to go. K-State has the best offensive line in the Big 12. And it's not close. There's not one team you can toss up there and say, well, maybe they're... No, no. K-State returned every single player from last year. They didn't lose one offensive lineman. And that group was the best in the Big 12. They're back again. Cooper Beebe, probably going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick here in about a year's time. His little brother's now on the team too, which is kind of cool. They're out there. They're not going to get beat here. UCF's a good team, and I know that K-State tends to struggle with athletic quarterbacks. You know, you see it with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, we beat them, but hear me out. You get the Jalen Hurts, the Kyler Murrays running around and scrambling. We struggle with guys like that. Also, probably should bring up Max Duggan as well. He had a pretty big day against K-State. But you see guys that just stand in the pocket. That's the dude K-State destroys. Those are the guys K-State beats down on, for real. The guys that aren't that athletic getting outside of the pocket, K-State just kind of crumples their offensive line. It doesn't just overpower you with skill and finesse and strength. They just kind of slowly move the pocket into the quarterback slap. These athletic guys that get out and run are a real problem for K-State. But I don't think Gus Melson's got it figured out yet. 
I don't know if they're going to be 100% a great team by any means, but I do think they'll be the best of the new four edition teams. I like K-State to start off 4-0, beating UCF 34-24. It's closer than any of the other games I've picked so far, but then we move on to Oklahoma State. Now, people have talked about Oklahoma State saying, okay, they got to be back. They had a horrible season last year. You know, Gundy knows how to coach. He knows how to coach a winning team. Does he? Does he recently? Obviously, they, they got to the college football playoff. They've been really good. But does he recently know how to beat some of these Big 12 teams? Last year was awful. And that team was pretty stacked at the start of the season. They lost everybody whose name you know. They lost every single player. I mean, there's not one position on the defensive side that I don't think will be a new name. They lost guys that were in Stillwater for three or four years plus. I mean, there's a lot of dudes and a lot of vacancies on that team. I just don't see him figuring it out. I mean, Chris Kleiman put up 48 points on them when they were a top 10 team in the nation and destroyed them, made them look stupid last year. I don't think they forget that, and I think they're excited to play K-State, but I just don't see that team being good enough. Give me K-State 27-21. It's going to be a little bit of a, I don't want to say a barn burner by any means, but it's going to be a lot of defense and not the sexiest product of football you've ever seen. That would be my pick on that game. Moving on, week six. And if you're keeping track at home, we start off 5-0 and here. We're playing Texas Tech. And you might think this. Everybody's thought about it and said, you know what? Tech's a good team. Tech's a really good team. we got to be afraid of those guys. The Red Raiders are coming. Joey McGuire's a good coach. And I think he's done a great job in recruiting. But their quarterback position is still a question mark to me. And I don't mean to say that he's a bad quarterback. I just think there's a couple of guys that could have gotten the nod. And if we were playing Texas Tech later in the season, I think Tech beats us. I do. But early on, I see them struggling. I see them struggling. I mean, not playing bad football, but just... Figuring out where everybody still goes together. I mean, it's still only the second year for Joey McGuire. So if you want to say that the experiment is still running its course, I think that's a safe bet. I like K-State in this game. I'm pretty sure it's on the road at Texas Tech. I like K-State in overtime. It's going to be close. 33-30. to I like K-State starting off 6-0. And here's where the story might change. You get TCU in Manhattan, right? TCU lost a lot of their players from last year. Their physical team. I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate that. More than likely not. The second, Technically the second best team in the country. TCU comes to K-State. K-State's sitting at 6-0. Everybody's saying, is this the next TCU? Is this the next team? Are they going to go? Is this team going to make a run? I think this is time where we queue up one of our good old-fashioned Tulane terrible football games. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. K-State has to drop a game somewhere in the schedule for me to feel like we can improve. I do think that's true. And I know that sounds stupid at first, but K-State's not going to be a 12-0 team. As talented as they are, as physical as they are, as great as they can be, they're not going to win every game on their schedule. They're going to drop a game or two. And it's going to be one game that all of us are sitting there having nightmares of the rest of the season, praying that never returns. That was Tulane last year, and, I, and parts of Iowa State as well. That comes against TCU. And I know it's in Manhattan, so that's the variable flip of a coin. I think with the storyline of everybody saying K-State is the next team, they're going to the playoff, they're going, they're going, expectations might get out a little bit in front of us. And I think K-State loses 20-17 to and just a snoozer of a game. I hate to say it. That game could still be a flip of the coin. It could go either way, but I like K-State going 6-1 and one in the first seven games to start things off before taking on Houston. What do you want to say about Houston? What would you as a fan want to hear me say about Houston? I can't even give you the scouting report. I'm not familiar with this team. They had good players. They went 8-4 and four last season. They just don't have enough dudes. They don't have enough players, man. There's not enough guys that I'm like, oh, this is a Big 12 football guy. This is a Big 12 player. They've got a receiver that I think is pretty solid. Their quarterback is so-so. I don't know if I trust their head coach. I just think there's a lot of holes in this football team. Dana Holgerson isn't a coach that's going to change. Whatever, for whatever reason, he's not going to change. Which that does not mold well when you're playing against some of the best teams in the country. That doesn't mold well. you got to change and you got to be fluid. 
I think K-State absolutely throttles Houston. How about 48-24? K-State goes 7-1 and at the stretch. Moving on to Texas. Now, this game is in Austin, which really sucks. It really sucks. And all of the highlights are saying, you know what? This team can go. This team's ready to go. This team is incredible. Everybody's going to take Texas everywhere. I think Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. I think he's going to have a good year this year. But what's his health going to be like? Because I don't think they're ready for Arch Manning. By week eight, I don't think Arch Manning's the guy. I don't see this being a team where it's 100% certain. Because granted, if you gave out a national championship trophy every single year in the middle of the summer, Texas might have 15 by now. However, all of that hype hasn't resulted in a Big 12 title since 2009 in football. Since 2009. I think it's a good enough team if Quinn Ewers is healthy. It's in Austin. That's going to be a tough one. Tough environment to play. I could see Texas beating us 31-24. By a touchdown, K-State has a chance to go win it late. Something happens. Some turnover happens. Similar to last year in Austin. That's what I think happens. However, if Ewers is hurt, that game is a K-State blowout. I believe that. I do. I think K-State throttles Texas if that's the case. But I can't really judge that a player is going to be hurt at that point. So I'm going to say K-State loses. They go 7-2 and in the first nine. And then we got Baylor, Kansas, and Iowa State. Baylor. Baylor is a weird football team. If you watched last year, I mean, we're two years removed from them winning a title. They won the title before K-State did in the Big 12 title. And they looked great. Dave Aranda looked like a great upcoming coach. And then this past year, they looked awful. I mean, they looked horrible. If you were watching Big 12 football, you'd change the channel if you saw Baylor playing. You know, it's a game between Baylor and Iowa State. I'm flipping the channel. I don't think Baylor is a good enough team. They lost a lot of their physicality. And honestly, and I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to get fired or anything, but I just don't think that Aranda's going to have a great year like he did a couple years ago. I think that was a very minute experience for Baylor. I don't think Baylor really competes with K-State. I like K-State 41-12, starting off 8-2, heading on towards the next game. Kansas. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Kansas has won some important games. They've played some good games. They've got good recruits coming through Lawrence now, which one thing or another here, it's the same argument to say that it's good, that K-State's good at basketball. The same way KU being good at football one day, I think it's going to make the rivalry better. You know, you're going to get good KU football, you're going to get good K-State football. Good K-State basketball, good KU basketball. I think that's a great thing. So I'm not just going to sit here and clown Kansas. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the Big 12 this year, which coincidentally is kind of a change for them. I think that their their recruiting class is looking good, their team's looking good. Once again, the late game got them. It being this late in the season, we don't know who's going to be a quarterback. Jalen Daniels hasn't proven that he can stay healthy for a full season, which is a big question mark for them. I like K-State winning the Sunflower Showdown, even in Lawrence, 31-20. 31-20. I think K-State rolls. Moving on to the last game of the season against Iowa State. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't think Iowa State's going to be good. I don't. I don't think they're going to be very good this season. Matt Campbell, I mean, he changes my mind every year where I'm like, this guy can't coach. This guy can't coach a Little League baseball team. Yet he's out here coaching college athletes in football. And then he turns around and he's like, oh my gosh, this is one of the best coaches in the nation. This guy can go. The drastic swinging that changes every single year with Iowa State. Granted, not changed enough to win 10 games in a season, so, you know, do with that what you will, of course. I don't see Iowa State being good this year. They lost Will McDonald. They lost a lot of pieces on defense. Their offense, I mean, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. These guys were terrible last season. And if you want to go one step further, why I don't like Iowa State. I don't, I don't think that they're a bad coach program. I don't think they're, you know, not good recruits or good players. Their quarterback is still a question mark at best. Hunter Deckers, I think, is a good player. But what's all these rumors, man? What's all these rumors about the FanDuel stuff, the DraftKings stuff? You know, you're 19, 20 years old. Sports gambling, allegedly. Keep in mind, this is all alleged at the moment. 
but there's reports circling the guy that'll be out for at least the first three weeks. Do I like my odds? I had a conversation with this. I had a conversation with a guy on Twitter about this earlier today. Do I like the chances of a backup quarterback missing the first three, and then leading them to really anything, and then Deckers comes back? Is he going to be like the superstar of this team? I don't think so, man. Their offense didn't improve. The one thing they changed in the offseason, I mean, they got a couple of people in the transfer portal. The one thing they changed is their coaching staff. They kept Matt Campbell. Everybody else is basically new. That's the way I see it. That's the way it seems. I don't see Iowa State competing with K-State. I don't. I think the last three games of the season are statement pieces for K-State. I like K-State 44-15 against Iowa State to finish the season off at 10-2, headed to a Big 12 championship game against whoever, man. I don't know who's going to emerge. I think I had Texas in the Big 12 championship game, but we'll see. I mean, you never know how that's going to end. I like K-State to win. I like K-State to repeat as champions. I do. I mean, think about all the quarterbacks in the Big 12. I don't know if there's one that I can, without a doubt, say I'd prefer over Will Howard. I think Will is going to lead the team really well, and I, I filled out all the rest of the positions on the preseason media polls saying, you know, who's going to be my first team offense, defense. I went pretty K-State heavy. I did. I didn't go to the point where it was like every position is K-State heavy, but I liked my picks, man. I had Will Howard as the quarterback, I think, for Offensive Player of the Year. I still went Xavier Worthy, the receiver from Texas. I didn't want to go too hard on that. But my Defensive Player of the Year, and this is something I want to tell you guys, I like Kobe Savage, Defensive Player of the Year. People are going to look at me like I'm stupid because there's big names on the defensive side of the ball in the Big 12 and say, well, he's a good player, but is he even the best safety? Yes, and you're going to see it. I mean, he had a chip on his shoulder last season. This guy's going to have an entire mid-sized sedan on his shoulder this year. I think Kobe Savage is going to come back with a vengeance, lead the Big 12 in both interceptions and forced fumbles. I think the guy's going to be ridiculous, just taking people's heads off sideline to sideline. I think it's possible. Maybe not forced fumbles. Excuse me. I think that might be more of a pass rusher stat. But either way, I like K-State this year a lot. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to think as well. It's going to be an interesting season regardless. I think K-State has the potential somehow to go 12-0, which is kind of crazy to think about. But obviously, everybody's got to stay healthy. You know, I like Chris Kleiman. I like Colin Klein. They kept their nucleus around each other. We'll have to see what happens. But I'm excited to see the future either way. But that's been a quick 20-minute segment here talking about the Kansas State Wildcats, what their upcoming schedule looks like. We're going to see if K-State can go back-to-back and be incredible, and I'd love to see it. Obviously, we're losing a couple pieces like Deuce Vaughn and Felix and Udike Uzama, but the future's bright. The future's bright in Manhattan. you got the right coach, the right quarterback, the right guys. The future is bright. This team can go, and I can't wait to see what happens. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I've been your host, Joe Tillery. We will be back next week talking about K-State. Don't know if it'll be basketball or football yet. But we'll have some good things to talk about. I promise you that. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Cats!